0: Good morning, Northview. We are in the middle of a series uh, talking about uh, the various pastors here going to share about their uh, favorite stories from the gospel. Uh, If you're new here to Northview, you can get out your Bible. We're Bible people here. We're going to read from the word of God. And I am not the pastor. Thank goodness. Uh, I am the youth pastor here. uh, But you get to hear from me this morning. You can open up to John 21. Uh, John 21, and we're going to read, uh, I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 8. Um, and it's going to be up on the screen as well. We're just going to jump right in this morning. John 21, verse 1 it says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's a cool name, And two others of the disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. If you have a pen, a highlighter, or something, I want you to circle, underline, star, whatever. They caught nothing. That's going to be important. They caught nothing. Uh, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. That's good news. And I'm going to explain why that's good news. weird, and threw himself into the sea, not really sure why he put on clothes to jump into the water, but he did, the other disciples came out of the boat, dragging the net full of fish, uh, for they were not far from land, about a hundred yards off. This is the word of God, I'm going to pray and we're going to talk about that this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask uh, for your blessing on us this morning, I ask for your blessing on me, that uh, you would anoint my words, that you would... uh, Uh, allow me to speak what you have uh, placed on my heart and that you would open up our hearts and minds to understand better uh, the word of God. Father, I also thank you that it's football season and we get to watch the Seahawks on TV. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good news, right? Seahawks are on. That's awesome. Zach, it's just a preseason game. Don't get too arrogant. All right? (laughs) I want you guys to turn to the person next to you and say, man, don't give up. I'm going to talk about giving up this morning. We don't want to give up, but sometimes in life, we can throw our hands up and just say, I'm going to give up, right? Sometimes in circumstances, we just want to throw our hands up and say, I can't, I I don't know what I'm working for. I don't know what all this is for. I, I, I give up, right? I, I want to tell you a little story that might uh, offend some of you guys I, up in youth group. I try to offend the kids at least once a week because I know I'm doing my job maybe. But uh, I want to talk about video gamers. So I know There might be some of you guys in here that are like, I like video games. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about the video game. You know, you know this person that like lives off of like nachos and doritos and mountain dew and and they like they eat sleep and breathe like call of duty and world of warcraft right and you can't have a conversation with them without talking about their level 16 sword and weird right i was uh in high school once <laughs> and i liked video games uh, i i played computer games all the time uh i uh uh, I had had my, my game of choice, which, and I, I built up my character right, and I, and I got new, new levels and, and, every, and everything. I was totally into this game it and was, it was captivating me and uh, i 'll be honest, uh, I was uh, on a, a road to addiction, addicted to this stupid, stupid video game. Something miraculous happened one day though i 'm online. And I'm chatting with this other dude that also has like a level 60 druid. And, and uh, I'm, I'm chatting with him and we go back and forth and somehow uh, I got hacked. So I, I log out and I log back in and all of my precious, pointless, stupid stuff in the video game was gone. And I remember hitting the desk, yelling at the TV or the, the computer and I'm staring at it. I yell again, I hit the desk, I stand up, I walk away, I'm like, Whoa, what just happened? I come back, it's gone. I turned it off, and I haven't played since. God, save, God saved me <laughs> from being addicted to video games. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you have a student in the high school, yeah, you, you, you probably uh, they probably know. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of, of uh, playing video games all the time. I like video games every now and then, but it can easily become uh, a waste of time. Uh, but, you know, just in that instance, I, I was so absorbed in this stupid game that it was captivating my whole life. And when it didn't go my way, when something, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, I, 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 I threw, threw up my hands and I didn't turn it on again. I, I, I walked away from that because... Uh it, it didn't end up the way that I wanted it to end up. Here's the scenario that we got. We have, we have Peter with, with six other disciples sitting around, and, and they have walked with Jesus Christ for, uh, uh, for the last four years or so of their lives, and they've seen miracles. They've seen him walk on water. They've, they've heard him talk about bringing the kingdom of God to earth, and they have these grand ideas of what Jesus is going to do here on earth. And in their eyes, it was all wasted and all for naught because they saw their Lord and Savior, who they thought was going to bring a new kingdom uh, on earth, hung on a cross, and they watched him die. And they said, what was that for? What were those years that I walked with Jesus Christ for? All that was wasted. It didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out. Now, we probably all have something in life where we can think about that, right? We can think that, okay, uh, I'm working towards something, and I'm assuming it's going to end up a certain way. And then it doesn't, and it kind of kills you, right? It's like, man, I wasted all this time I worked, and, and it didn't end up the way I thought. So we got Peter and the disciples sitting on the shore, and and they're they're thinking, okay, what did we just do? We just saw Jesus hang on a cross and die, but but we also saw him do a bunch of miracles. I'm confused. And then Peter says something that is very, very important. In verse 3, he says, it says, Simon Peter said to them, I am... I'm going fishing. And then all the rest said, we will go with you. I am going fishing. Now, we got to put this in some context here because in case you didn't know, fishing doesn't just mean fishing in this sense. He was going to go fishing, but what what fishing was for him, fishing was the old life before he met Jesus Christ. Fishing was the life he had before he met Jesus. Jesus. Jesus met Peter and, and he called him away from being a fisherman. He said, do not be afraid. You are not going to be a fisherman anymore. You're going to be catching men from now on. You're going to be a fisher of men now. You've, li- you've made your living by catching fish, but you're not going to do that anymore. I'm calling you away from being a fisherman. For Peter, going fishing was going back to his old life before he met Jesus Christ, his way of life before he met Jesus, before Jesus called him into something new and exciting. So for Peter, when he tells his buddies sitting on the shore, I'm going to go fishing, what he's really saying is, this didn't work out, I'm going back to my old life. This, this Jesus thing didn't work out, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm going to go back to what's familiar, what I know, I'm going to go back to fishing, because that makes sense to me. And I know that we can all think about that in our lives of, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to what's familiar, what I know, what makes sense to me. For Peter, like I said, fishing doesn't just mean fishing. Now, if you're a fisherman here, I'm not saying you shouldn't go fishing, even though it's real boring. Uh, You can go fishing all you want. If you catch fish, invite me over. I'll eat fish with you. Uh but you can catch the fish yourself. Uh, <laughs> fishing's not bad. Disobedience is bad. Fishing's not bad, but, but what fishing means for Peter is bad because it means disobedience. It means he's not, not doing what Jesus asked him to do. For Peter, fishing is familiar. Fishing is the old life that Jesus called him away from. Fishing is what Jesus asked him not to do. Fishing is disobedience. So I want to ask you this question. What has God asked you not to do? What has God called you away from? What is in your old life that is comfortable, easy, maybe something that you can control? What has God asked you to give up? Maybe it's maybe it's a life of, uh, of anger. and Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be angry anymore. You need to give up your anger. Maybe it's a life of discontentment. I don't want you to be discontent anymore. I want you to be content in me now. What is that old life? What has Jesus asked you to give up? What has God asked you to surrender to him that is tempting you to go back? Maybe it's it's, uh, something big. Maybe it's a calling or vocation. God has asked you to do something very specific. And you're like, I don't really want to do that vocation. I don't really want to do that job. But God's asked you to do it. What, what, what is it that God has asked you to do or maybe something that God has called you away from? So it could be big or small. Now, I, uh, I had the awesome pleasure, um, many of you guys have uh, heard about camp, many of you guys have seen uh, pictures and uh, that uh, video from camp that we had. If you haven't seen it, go on Facebook, doc, uh, Facebook and go to Northview Student Ministries. You can look up a great video that Wilson made. It's it's fantastic. Um, I had the awesome pleasure of being at camp, right, and, and seeing uh, uh, students uh, just f- uh, fall in love with Jesus, just worship him. And, and uh, some of you guys were here last Sunday evening, right? We had an after-camp uh, barbecue party. It was, it was really cool. Um, and one of the things that happened, we invited these students uh, back up if they had something they wanted to share uh, about uh, About what happened at camp, about what God has taught them about, and uh, what they were saying was they were talking about things that that God has called them away from. they were talking about uh, things that that God had told them in their lives. They, I, I want you to um, surrender this part of your life and hand this over to me i don 't want you to live this way anymore and some of them were were really big, and uh, I, uh, one student said. Um, I went to camp and I thought that I was holding on to God, but I realized that it was God that was holding on to me. Right? That's good. That's like tweetable. Um, (laughs) I don't know who said that. Was that Becca or is that Emma? Emma, yeah, sweet. Um, uh, But what we heard from these students was they realized, okay, God is calling me to something. God's calling me away from fishing whatever fishing may be for them. God's calling me away from something and he's asking me to follow them and, and follow him and, and put more trust and surrender in, his, in, in him. I don't know what it is for you. Uh, it could be, like I said, it could be big and it could be small, but if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I would hope that you'd be able to identify some things in your life that you could say, you know what? God has asked me to surrender this. God has asked me to Uh, walk away from this lifestyle. God has asked me to change this in my life and surrender it to him. I'll give you a really silly example from my own life of something small. (laughs) When I was uh, at Northwest University, when I was in college, um, for some reason, I really liked to tell lies. We'll call them fibs because it wasn't like a big, big lie, but uh, like, I'm not even kidding. I don't know why people would ask me questions and I would just lie to them. They'd say, hey, I, I, I convinced someone once that my hair was, because I dyed my hair blue at one point, uh, again, college, okay? Uh, uh, I convinced someone that my hair was naturally blue. <laughs> I had a chemical deficiency that turned my hair blue, that my real name was Claudius, I don't know, uh, that I was in an arranged marriage and that my birthday was actually on uh, January 1st, not, in, not on October 23rd. Uh, and, it, it, you know, stupid lies, right? Insignificant. But I remember God said, Brooks, you've got to stop telling all those stupid lies. Like, but they're fun. And that girl thinks my hair is blue. <laughs> she also thought Alaska was an island, but that's not... <laughs> It doesn't matter. And some of you guys are like, Alaska's not an island? Oh. But I remember God was, Brooks, you've got to stop telling all those stupid lies. They were really insignificant. And you know what? I, I, I tried to stop telling lies. And if you knew me back in college... Uh, and you know me now, you're like, yeah, Brooks has gotten really good at not telling stupid fibs. But some of you guys are probably like, but you said your birthday was on January 1st. Yeah, I still sometimes say my birthday is on January 1st. I don't know why. Uh, it's not. It's on October 23rd. You can get me a Starbucks gift card. Um, <laughs> see, that's, that's something small, right? But God has asked me to walk away from that. God has asked me to walk away from telling fibs. And every now and then, I want to go fishing again. You know, I, there could be something huge. Where, where I remember very distinctly, God called me into ministry at the church. I was uh, I was 18 years old, and I was uh, at a in a in a service, and um, I was worshiping God, and and someone came up and wanted to pray for me, and, and I remember him praying over me, and then he looked me in the eye, he said, uh, and and he 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 told me some words that. That he thought God was was sharing with me, and he said, Does these, "Do these resonate with you?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." And he he started praying for me more, and, and 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 it was God was he he said God wanted me to work in the church, he wanted me to work in ministry. He wanted he said don't be he said don't be afraid to preach the word of God. And you know that's a big that's a big calling, and if I were to say, you know what, I'm hanging it up, I'm throwing in the towel, this isn't working, I'm walking away. I'm going to go fishing again. I'm going to go back to my old life, away from what I know God has called me to. That's what's happened with Peter here and the disciples. They've walked away from Jesus. They've, they've thrown him the towel, and they said, you know what, this Jesus thing isn't working. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to my old life. So the first thing we can see, we see is that fishing is, isn't just fishing. Fishing is disobedience. The second thing we can see here is that I love it that Jesus stands on the shore. Jesus stands on the shore. In John 21, verse 5, uh, it says, Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered, No. He said to them, Cast your net on the other side of the boat, and you will find some. Jesus is standing on the shore, and he's calling out to them, Children, do you have any fish? See, they're being disobedient. Do you think Peter knew he was being disobedient? Probably he, he probably knew what God had called him to. He probably knew exactly what Jesus had called him away from. Those words may have even been ringing in his in his mind. That says, "I'm you're no longer a fisherman from now on. You'll be catching men." Right? These words could be in his mind. Peter knew he was being disobedient, and Jesus stands on the shore of Peter's disobedience when you are being disobedient to the calling God has placed on your life, when you're being disobedient to the things that God has asked you to do, Jesus will stand on the shore. He will get as close to you as possible. I have this vision when I'm reading this, that, that uh, they're a they're hundred or so yards out, right? And, and, and they're fishing and they've been fishing all night. That's uh, that's the best time to catch fish. They've been up all night throwing their nets out, throwing their nets out, throwing their nets out. Nothing is coming in. And Jesus, this figure, they can't see who he is. They says they don't recognize him, but he gets as close as he can to their disobedience. I see him wading in the water even a little bit, maybe his feet up to his ankles, and he calls out to them, Children, do you have any fish? When we are not following Jesus, it is so important, we need to know this, that Jesus is getting as close to us as possible and asking, waiting for you to turn around. Jesus stands on the shore of your disobedience, calling after you. And it's almost like Jesus is saying, Hey, how's how's that disobedience working out for you? Where's your fish? Are you catching anything? No, we've been all night. We haven't caught a single thing. Jesus is standing on the shore and he's almost calling out, How's that sin working out for you? How's your disobedience working out? Maybe, maybe it is control that you need to surrender. And Jesus is saying, how's, how's your plan working for you? Jesus is standing, looking at you, saying, how's, how's your plan working out? I know you don't want to surrender to me, but how's your plan working out? Do you have any fish? <laughs> and I love the fact that Jesus uses this word children uh, I could go and get really greeky with you, but uh, and talk about the actual word, but just just that word "children let 's just think about that for a second. Jesus uses this word "children." He calls out, "Children, do you have any fish?" And reminding us that we 're not in control, like a child isn 't in control, but he is, reminding us uh, that we are weak, like a child is weak, but Jesus is strong. Reminding us that we have a father in heaven that takes care of us. He uses that word very specifically. Children, remember who you are. Remember that even in your disobedience, even when you're not following Christ, even when you are not doing what you know you're supposed to do, children, you're still a child of God. He uses that word very specifically. He's calling out, getting as close as possible. Children, do you have any fish? How's your plan working out? And I, I, uh, isn't it so true sometimes when when we know we're doing something wrong, um, that it's almost like we don't want to make, we don't we don't want to look at God, we don't want to make eye contact with God, we don't want to when we when we know we're doing something wrong, we know we're doing something that we're not supposed to do, we don't want to open up our Bibles and read His Word, we don't want to pray. Have um, ever been in the same room with someone and hoped that, like, um, like I don't really, I don't really want to talk to this person, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eyes down. And uh, like, if I'm in a coffee shop and there's someone that comes in, I don't really want to talk to them. I'm like, I just keep my eyes down. If I don't make eye contact with them, then I won't have to have a conversation, right? We <laughs> have the same thing with God sometimes. Maybe if I if I just don't make eye contact with him, if I, if I just don't acknowledge that he's on the shore, if I just keep fishing right now, my plan will work out. I'm going to catch fish eventually. I'm going uh, to... This sin will pan out for me. It will be okay. I'm going to keep fishing. Something good will happen from this. I'm just going to keep working. And I know Jesus is on the shore, but I'm just not going to acknowledge him. But he's calling out. And he, he wants you to acknowledge him. Not angry. Not upset. But wanting you to come back. To him. And then Jesus calls us back to him. He says, Cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And I love the reaction. John says that it, 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 it's the Lord, and Peter then jumps into the water. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but we, I think we need to backtrack a little bit because uh, in order to, uh, to realize um, the significance of this, we got to go to, uh, turn with me to Luke 5. It will be up on the screen as well. Um, but Luke 5, and this is, this is where Peter first meets Jesus. Jesus is preaching on the shore uh, at the beginning of his ministry. He's preaching, and, and there's a crowd that, are, that have come to see Jesus. And he's preaching, and, and he's sharing the gospel with them. He's sharing the good news. And, and, the, and Peter is there with all of his buddies, with his other fishermen. And Peter's there, and they've been working all night, and they haven't caught anything. Sound familiar? Remember, this is at the beginning of the ministry. Peter's been fishing all night, throwing his net in all night, and they haven't caught anything. And, and Peter's there as Jesus is preaching, and uh, P- uh, Jesus is actually in Peter's boat a little ways offshore. And uh, Peter's listening, and he's mending his nets. He's cleaning his nets after a long night's work of no, no fish. In verse 4, he says this, and, and when he had finished speaking, when Jesus had finished speaking, He said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Simon answered, that's Peter. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Oh, interesting. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. That's a lot of fish. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were, with, uh, who, who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they brought their nets to the boat, they brought their nets to land, they left everything and followed him. So what is Jesus doing? He calls out. He says, Peter, are you catching anything? No. Peter, we've gone through this. We've already done this once. I'll do it again. If you need me to remind you, if you need me to remind you what I've called you to, let your net down on the other side. And when he does, he brings in a catch so full of fish that it's, it's hard to haul in. And Peter rem- remembers, I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore. Jesus has called me away from this. Jesus will stand and he will call out to you in your disobedience over and over and over again as long as it takes and he will remind you and call you back to himself as many times as necessary just like he does just like he does with Peter you are no longer a fisherman you are no longer a fisherman is, is what he said to Peter Three years prior. You are no longer a fisherman. Don't fish anymore. You're going to be a disciple of mine. You're going, to, you're going to plant churches. You're going to pastor people. You're going to catch men for the kingdom of God. You're not a fisherman anymore. What has Jesus told you? You are not anymore, but you keep going back to. You are no longer an addict. You are no longer addicted. You are no longer a slave. You are no longer angry. You are no longer... Uh, hopeless. You are no longer alone. You are no longer doing this life alone. You are no longer sinful. We go back to it over and over and over again and say, no, Jesus, I am. This is is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. Jesus will say, stop identifying with that. Come to me. I've told you, you are not a fisherman anymore. Follow me. We say to Jesus, no, I'm going to identify with this. I'm going to jump into my sin. I'm going to jump into what's familiar. Time and time again. And Jesus, time and time again, stands on the shore, calling out to us, waiting. And I love Peter's reaction. Last week, uh, Zach uh, preached... Uh, Matthew fourteen, is that right? Matthew fourteen. It's in my notes somewhere. Peter walking on water, right? Uh, and and what was the main, the, his main point? Zach's main big point was, Peter stepped out and trusted in Jesus, right? He trusted in Jesus, uh, and uh, and he was afraid, and he, he trusted, and he was afraid, right? I I, uh, I look at this, and we see Peter walking on water last week to get to Jesus Christ. And here we see G, uh, Peter swimming to get to Jesus, whatever it takes to get to Jesus. He's on the shore. That's where I want to be. He's calling after me. That's where I want to be. Peter knew he was being disobedient, but he didn't waste any time. For some reason, he put on his clothes and jumped in the water. But he wanted to be where Jesus was. He knew he was being disobedient. Friends, this is so important. When repentance is needed, repent. When we need to turn away from something, turn away. Peter, didn't, count, Peter didn't, didn't sit down and think, oh, man, okay, I'm going to be embarrassed if I get all wet. I'm going to be embarrassed because Jesus knows I was being disobedient. Oh, man, I don't wanna, I gotta, I'm going to kind of inch closer to him. And then maybe if I just slowly get closer back to Jesus, he won't notice that I was gone. No, Peter says, Jesus is over there. I want to jump in the water and swim to shore so I can be with him as soon as possible. He's calling after me. He wants me to come near him. He's reminding me of the call he's placed on my life. I'm going to jump out so I can swim to Jesus so I can get there as quickly as possible. Peter's repenting by jumping in the water and he doesn't take very much time to do it. He finds out that Jesus is over there and that's where he wants to be. Where's Jesus in your life? What is he calling you away from? What has he asked you to leave? What has he told you to stop being disobedient about? Where do you need to, what do you need to leave to come to Jesus? Jesus is standing on the shore of our disobedience and he will unceasingly, relentlessly, unfailingly call out to you, come back to me. His word never ends in our lives. As he's calling out to us, come back, come back, come back. Father, I praise you that, um, that you get as close to us as possible when we're, when we're being disobedient to you. And that you ask us to simply turn around and, and come back to you. And that you're not angry, that you do it with a smile on your face, that you want to see us uh, come to you and live with you. God, would you help us identify those areas in our lives that we know that you have asked us to surrender, but we're holding on to for some reason. Or, or maybe it's something that we've gone back to. It's like, like Peter. We've gone back to an old lifestyle that you've called us away from. Jesus, you call out to us over and over again. Help us to respond. Help us to walk with you. I lift this in Jesus' name. Amen.